From Chagdagumpa Riggs and Lane, this is Listen, Contemplate, Meditate, a podcast featuring a range of teachings from the Buddhist tradition presented by Lamas of Chagdagumpa Foundation. Our website is chagdagumpa.org. Part of our, I don't know, part, could be a key part, but part of our uh, uh, disturbances we have, like uh, we get really enraged or impatient or irritated or needy or all these things, they start out actually very small. And then because we ignore them when they're small, we notice that when we're all really super uptight, but there was a beginning, there was a previous of that, and there was a previous previous to that, and it went by us, we didn't notice it. And when in the beginning it was weak, and all we had to do was notice it, and it would have disappeared. But we got in a hurry with our perceptions, and we didn't notice what was going on behind the scenes, and suddenly we flip out. You know, we say things that we regret, we do things, you know, we get all upset, you know. But there was a lot, there was a lot of lead up to that. And a lot of it is habitual. We're so used to it. So used to it, we even think, say things like, well, that's just the kind of person I am. I get used to it. That's who I am, you know. I love it or love it or leave it, you know. Like, that's the kind of guy I am. That's the kind of person I am. Which actually is a very uh, uh, weakening uh, uh, view, you know. Very, it's it just uh, what is it? Uh, it's almost like saying, "I have no mind. I'm just built this way. You know, I came this way out of the box, and that's that's that defies." Uh, science, it defies all kinds of logic, it defines, uh, it, it, it defies uh, reality, actually. And it defies the possibilities, what's possible. So in all cases, we need to uh, kind of correct or wean ourselves away from thinking, oh, that's just my personality, or that's just the kind of a person I am, you know. No, we all say that, you know, it's like a device. It's an excuse, you know, but it's a really bad excuse. Uh, like in Buddhism, as it, it's been proven since Buddha Shakyamuni, I mean, what Buddha Shakyamuni proved, basically he didn't invent anything, he proved. And what he's... Uh, through methods, and he, uh, since subsequent generations, uh, I mean, like uh, disciple generations, teacher and student, you know, subsequent generations from Buddha Shakyamuni, that's the whole purpose of Buddhism is to prove again and again and again. Each individual proves it, and you prove it to yourself. And what's being proved is that we are free but we don't know it. We don't, we don't invent freedom. Freedom in the 
especially in, uh, in, uh, in, in our school of Buddhism. And freedom is called, freedom is natural, the natural state, we could say. It's not that we have to like draw up a charter, a freedom charter. Okay, this is what, this is what we want. And kind of invent it and then proselytize that. Okay, we're all going to be free according to these guidelines, you know. Uh, but it's, it's freedom, it's natural. So if freedom is natural, then what is it that's keeping us? What's, what's, what is it that's, uh, that's holding us? You know, what, where, what are, what's the bondage issue? And so for that, we really should, that's why we, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say Buddhists like to meditate. I haven't really seen, a couple of people I know like to meditate. <laughs> you know, actually, I've met, you know, a couple of friends of mine like to meditate. I'm really always so, like, why do you like to do that? It's so hard. You know? <laughs> I'm not joking. Uh, it's like it's like like asking a drug addict, why do you like to, to go through withdrawal? Why do you like this? You know? I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I'm just making up. <clears throat> Because so much about our personality, so much about how we define ourselves, and so much about our image that we struggle and, and, and have to, uh, uh, what do you say, push forward, you know, the agenda of our image is so much like an addiction. It's such a habit, a habit. Maybe addiction is too heavy, but a habit. Everything is a habit. And breaking habits is, is uh, difficult. It takes effort. So from that point of view, now what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, meditation, why Buddhists say like to meditate, or why they are supposed to meditate, is to notice, to begin to notice the thoughts and emotions at the beginning, before they kind of snowball, when they're flexible, so to speak, or workable, or easily uprooted, kind of like uh, alfalfa sprouts. Uh, this old alfalfa, you know, it's oh, it's. It's tough. A bare feet, alfalfa, kind of a little hurt. You know, it's 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 not so flexible. Alfalfa, you know, the small shoots, very weak. And so meditation is to be able to notice that. How is how do we notice it? Is by cultivating what we call awareness. The awareness. It's not. It's not uh, like meditation isn't 
a state, a meditative state, you know. That's a, at least from a Buddhist point of view. Again, I can't speak uh, other places, but from a Buddhist point of view, meditation is not a state. I mean, some, maybe in some uh, texts they may delineate states, but meditation is not a state. It's a process. It's a process of cultivating awareness in the face of uh, the arising of thoughts and emotions, particularly. I think when I say thoughts and emotions, that pretty much, I think of that as, an ex- that, that covers everything that happens mentally. And I include emotions as mental. And by emotions, I mean anger, desire, lust, irritation, greed, doubt, pride, envy, jealousy. These are all what we call emotions. I know maybe in some some terminology we would say mental afflictions. In the Sanskrit, I have one word, klesha. Klesha, it means all the whole range of, of uh, these experiences that our mind is becomes afflicted by. And they're called afflictions because just like if you ever go into a rage or, or you can't, you become obsessed by something, some neediness or something, that there's the, there's the, the direct experience of, of, say, aversion or anger. And then it, it goes in so that even when the, the, the waves sort of fade, there's still something that was planted there. And in the subsequent to that, I guess it would be like a trigger thing. It's very easy to flip out again for a very similar uh, provocateur. So it's like a, when you throw a rock into the water, two things happen. First, it breaks the surface into waves, and it goes in. There wasn't a rock, you throw it in. It breaks the surface, creates waves, and then there's a rock in there. So that's why this anger and desire and so forth, these are called afflictions, or almost like infections, or afflictions. We become afflicted. There's an an immediate result, and then there is sort of a reference point created. And so being a, a, a cultivating awareness uh, sort of shines the light on those hidden tendencies, those hidden habits. And as you, uh, as your uh, training or cultivation of just simple awareness uh, matures, then that awareness has a power. It uh, it, it has a, an energy or a dynamism that. Just using that, just what we call like shining the light of awareness on, on your afflictions 
or obsessive thought patterns dissolves them. So there's a great value to cultivating awareness. And it's a quality that mind has. But if we don't uh, train in it, it won't come to anything. Awareness and mindfulness is another quality of mind that if we don't train in mindfulness, it won't come to anything. Mindfulness means, has to do with memory, means remembering what you're doing. Like I didn't, yeah, like if you, if mindfulness means knowing what you're doing all the time, you know, you know my elbows bending, my weight, I feel the weight, and I'm like instant memory. I'm instantly remembering every millimeter of movement, every nerve impulse. I'm kind of instantly attuned to it. So it's like a memory. And awareness has to do with a knowing quality. Anyways. So freedom means freedom from the kleshas, freedom from these afflictive mental states, these mental afflictions or emotional afflictions. It's those afflictions that obscure that natural freedom and openness of mind. And thoughts are tied up in there. Sometimes thoughts and or thoughts and emotions sort of sometimes they play different parts. Sometimes it's sort of like a brick and mortar. You know, sometimes it's the it's the emotions that that we just have this sort of undefined feeling, and then no matter what thought we apply to it, it takes on that emotion. You know, like you're really annoyed. You have you're not nobody's there. You're not annoyed at anything. And then your best friend walks in the door and whoop, they get annoyed on. You know, it's just sort of an emotion. And then there's the thought that, oh, that's such and such, or, or not even. But, you know, so there's a connection made. Sometimes you keep thinking about something and it gets you more and more worked up. So they both, so, the, so sometimes there's, it acts like mortar, sometimes like brick, both. But those are the target of our uh, work, like the real work. This podcast is supported by the generosity and kindness of Chagdagumpa members and donors. If you're interested in becoming a member, making a donation, or if you want to learn more about Chagdagumpa, feel free to go to chagdagumpa.org.